My name is Christopher Tulick. This is my life, wildlife. I'm a lead refuse information technician for the Yukon Delta National Wildlife Refuge here in Bethel. My primary job is about information and education about the, the wildlife. We reach out to the villages within our refuge and we talk or we share information and we also listen to the concerns. So many of the issues that we deal with here in the refuge are all about subsistence lifestyle, like the fish and wildlife people still depend on. Nowadays, people are affected by many regulations and the uh, declining fish populations and declining migratory birds and all that. You know, those are a lot of the concerns. So what we do is we meet with the people in the villages and talk to the people or the leaders in the villages that that we have conservation concerns about certain species and we must take certain steps to preserve or to protect certain wildlife species. I am originally from Nightmute. I was born here in Bethel, but I grew up on Nelson Island. Nightmute is one of the three villages on Nelson Island along the western coast of the Yukon Delta Refuge. Now Nelson Island looks like it is a part of the mainland, but if you look closely on the map, you will see it is cut off by two rivers flowing out of the large body of water called Baird Inlet uh, along the coast of the Bering Sea. Growing up there, I was raised in a subsistence lifestyle in a traditional way. That's how I grew up. But I did not grow up in nightmare my entire life. So we had to travel to our fish camp called Umkumut, which is also on Nelson Island out along the, the Bering Sea coast. So I've been spending like about three months out of the, out of the year on at, at our fish camp and then about about nine months out of a year in Nightmute. In the uh, 1960s, when the oil was discovered in North Slope, there was a lot of concerns about the land ownership. But the people back then never said anything about ownership of the land because the saying was, the land doesn't belong to us, we belong to the land. So how the people lived back then was prim primarily subsistence, lifestyle, living off from the land and the sea, hunting and gathering wildlife that sustained and nurtured us. In 1971, a law was passed called the Alaska Native Claims Settlement Act. Now the, the land was set aside for 
the people in the villages which also created corporations. Here in Alaska we call them village corporations. Since that time, since 1971, life has changed dramatically from primarily living off of the land. Either, although we still do today, we still practice um, living off of the land and, and the sea, but, but not as much as it was back about a hundred years ago. Nowadays, a lot of our people, the villages, all of the villages within the Yukon, Kaskukum Delta, have stores. They're run by the village corporations and owned by the village corporations. So the, the diet of the people have somewhat changed over time from eating primarily from natural food from the land and the sea to now what we have, uh, the stores stocked up with uh, Western goods and all that. And so that's all mixed in today. How I got interested in working with wildlife was actually began when I was very young. Becoming aware of the world around me filled with all species of seasonal birds in the sky from fall to summer, sea ducks and seals during early spring, herring, capelin, and other bottom fish in the spring and summer, blackfish, pike, freshwater cisco, and burbot beginning from fall and throughout the winter, muskrats, tomcod, bearing cisco, and flounders during the fall season, otters, foxes, tundra hares throughout the winter. And watching my father and my older brothers bringing back their cats, processed and handled properly, taught me how to respect nature aside from the wise words I heard from my elders to respect all wildlife for the next generation. So in other words, I was taught to become a careful steward of our fish and wildlife resources. What I do now working for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to make sure the next generation understands our resources that sustain our people for millennia. The, the path I took during the early years of my life was like a rudderless boat adrift and blown aimlessly by the direction of the wind with no goal in sight. But I had thought about and dreamed of many possible opportunities I could pursue and settle with. I've held jobs here and there, but none has proven worthwhile to become my career. But one day in early 1980s, I came across 
a U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service advertisement, a local hire, refuse information technician advertisement. Now, back in the early days of my life, I had told myself that I will never work for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, remembering and knowing the harm and pain that was inflicted upon the Alaska Native people caused by short-sighted past harvest regulations. But this local hire advertisement caught my attention when I read through the qualifications, knowledge, or expertise in cultural or natural resources in public lands, knowledge of traditional gathering and use of fish and wildlife resources by residents living in public lands, knowledge of Yupi culture, traditions, and lifestyle, knowledge and understanding of the Yukon Kuskokwim Delta and all watershed areas within the Yukon Delta National Wildlife Refuge. Now, all of these brought to light that I am qualified for this position. And so I applied for the position and eventually I was accepted and hired. So I worked for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service for about a year and, and I moved on. But I came back in 2014, and I have been with the service since then, and plan and I plan to retire when my time is up. You know, back in the the, the late 1970s, the the biologists were beginning to notice that the, the populations of the four Arctic nesting geese, white fronted geese the cacklers, black brand, and emperor goose were beginning to decline. And that became a concern, a conservation concern. Back, back in those days, there weren't any local people working directly with the people in the villages who primarily depend on these mig migratory birds. But then came along one person, a native person, was hired and employed by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to work with the, the people in the villages. And that was one of the first things that he had to do to get the people or the villages involved in deciding how the, these mig migratory birds can be protected. But that did not come easy. There was a lot of criticism around that. And then in 1984, we came along when the, the four species of the migratory birds populations was, was dangerously low. That's when we were hired as the refuse information technicians to travel out to the villages and talk to the people in the villages about what is happening with the resources that we depend on so much. It was an accomplishment to 
see that the, the migratory birds population began, began to bounce back to a level where we can start hunt, hunting again. That, that is an accomplishment that was made because of our efforts to bring the people into the, the, the management and decision-making process of regulating of our resources. And now we have our own native people making decisions and advising how these managements should be done. I have seen some of our resources depleted. Some of the, the, the species are nearly gone, like the uh, spectacle eiders out along the coast that used to nest in great numbers out, out where I come from, near Nelson Island. But we don't, we can only see a few of them now. Some of the, the species that we de depended on, especially our, our ancestors depended on for living, um, we just don't see those species like the stellar eiders. It's not easy to be telling people that they shouldn't hunt or fish for certain species that, that they've depended on for, for generations and telling them to harvest other resources. It's not easy, but it's something that we have to do if we are so concerned about the conservation of our resources for the next generation. And that is the key. The next generation must have the same opportunity that we have today so they can fish or hunt those certain species of resources like we did. What I enjoy the most and what I do is talking and meeting with the people, talking with laughter and interacting with the people at the villages is not only enjoying, but it is also rewarding in many ways in gaining friendship and trust. This has been My Life Wildlife, a production of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Alaska Region, Office of External Affairs. Producers Lisa Hupp and Chris Pacheco. Produced and story edited by David Hoffman for Citizen Race Car. Audio editing, sound design, and original music by Garrett Tiedemann. Artwork by Michelle Lawson. In Alaska, the employees of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service are shared stewards of world-renowned natural resources and our nation's last true wild places. The lands and waters of this place we call home nourish a vast and unique array of fish, wildlife, and people. Our hope is that each generation has the opportunity to live with, live from, discover, and enjoy the wildness of this awe-inspiring land and the people who love and depend on it. <laughs>